Hey, I'm Danny Belvin. And I'm Demika Brown. And we're biracial unicorns. And back in my day, we had Vine and we liked it. <laughs> did you did you use Vine? <laughs> you know what my husband was was a chronic viner. Mm. Yeah. I wasn't I enjoyed them, but I I did not partake in the vine. Yeah, I was gonna say you don't strike me as a vine a vine girl. <laughs> No, no, no. It was just one of those things of like, it was, I, I don't know. There's something like like the quick w- repetition of it. I don't know. Did you Vine? Were you a Vine no, girl? No, definitely not. <laughs> I couldn't. I, I appreciated the art form, <laughs> but I, I did not necessarily participate in the Vine. Yeah. I feel like I appreciate it more in a post TikTok world. <laughs> exactly. The simplicity of it all. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, even though I didn't Vine, I can't help but feel nostalgic for Vine. Yes, well, I I think Vine is that that bridge of the gap, right? It's like if you watch like those nomadic charts of like the evolution of man, you can kind of see like the evolution of social media, and Vine is definitely the missing link in some of that. So I do kind of miss it. There's a certain kind of simple beauty in it. Like I haven't seen a good GIF or a meme in a while because it's just kind of all TikToks and Instagram videos. But I do. I'd miss social a good media. Social media. Mm-hmm. We are once again diving deep into the world of social media because in a in a COVID world, social media is more and more. I don't want to say the replacement, but a big part of people's social lives these days. So we have a lot of thoughts and a lot of feelings about social media. I I personally am constantly trying to wean myself away from all of it. I think we've discussed in the past, I've deactivated Facebook. I limit my time I spend on Instagram. And TikTok is very much just like, an occasional binge for me where I open TikTok and then an hour has passed and I'm like, what have I done with my life? (laughs) It's so, so true. And it's difficult because we're speaking about this machine while being a cog in it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very tricky. I mean, we plug our social media at the end of every episode here. Mm -hmm. It's, It's in that family of necessary evil per se if there ever was an example but I can't help but constantly feel so out of touch (laughs) so even for this show I had to kind of put on my Gen Z hat because I am just I feel like I can never fully grasp the the gravity of it and the weight of it and how to wield it. There we go. I don't Mm. know how to properly wield it. I can access it. I understand the importance of it, but there are some people who are proficient in the use of the social medias. Yeah. I mean, that's legitimately a job at many, Mm -hmm. many businesses, right? Like there are communications people and communications people, a big part of their job is navigating the social media landscape and We've talked about this before. We're what is called elder millennials. So we live in this world where we remember a time pre the internet being as ubiquitous as it is. But we are also young enough that we are somewhat digital natives, but we didn't grow up in it the same way that Gen Z did. So I think I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty like intuitive with anything computer digital related, but I do agree. I don't, 
I think I lack the drive to wield mm, <laughs> social media. So yeah, I think I think it is a complicated topic, um, and we do see overlap with race and gender a lot within this idea of influencers, with this idea of um, algorithms and shadow banning, and so that's what we really wanted to dive into today. Exactly. You know, taking a deeper dive into the world of algorithms, it, I kept feeling like that scene from A Beautiful Mind where the, the equations just start kind of mapping out in the world. You know what I mean? Mid-sky. It's just because it's such a broad topic, it can be so imaginative, but it's a very real thing and it impacts influencers so greatly you you ride and die by the art and the algorithm gods that are out there and we're we're seeing like i said with uh, at the top of the episode with with covid people have been able to make that coin really been able to make a name for themselves and grab their little five minutes of fame that can turn into something else and we're really seeing people profited but once again anytime you start capitalizing and commoditizing a art form or entertainment or in media, yeah. you're going to start seeing division within gender, within race. In the last, I would say the last couple of years with the spike of TikTok during the pandemic, we're really taking a microscope to the to those that separation that we've been experiencing lately. Yeah, kind of a step, even a step back from TikTok, YouTube and YouTube mm-hmm. influencers. I think it's it's not new, but I think we live in an interesting period where there are a lot of influencers, a lot of people like really profiting, making that coin off of just being a presence, making their material, putting it out there into the world. But I think it has become an unwieldy beast <laughs> that we can't quite control and it almost feels like a ponzi scheme right like Mm. i think there are a lot of people who got in early and are able to have built that and then their you know their existence by being there tells people oh this is like a thing you can do but it's like so hard to get it off the ground and get get that reach and that influence right it's almost like a a self-fulfilling prophecy in a sense it's like You can't build a reach unless you already have a reach. So I think we see that a lot within the influencer realm on not just YouTube, but all the social medias. And you're right. Look at you using that lingo. Look, look at that. She's so young. Uh, it's but, but but that's you're right. Well, that's why even the term influencer in itself is so provocative to me. Yeah. It's it's a loaded word within mm. this context, and it has and this, it has like, a negative connotation. It does, doesn't it? Put a bad even. Yeah, <laughs> guilty. Maybe 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 it's us. But to me, it does have like a weird taste in the mouth. Of it has this idea famous for just being famous and you're right because when i think about the top youtubers instagrammers uh tiktokers what are you famous for i'm i'm i probably spent a good 30 minutes on the top tiktokers page just looking at her material and i couldn't put it together and i've never felt so old in my life i'm like what am i missing because you're right what there's no formula because you you can look at it and say, if you do these things, you two can get the fame, the promotion, the money. But so many people do and they don't make it. And there's some underlying reasons, but still there's that little bit of factor of what? What is it? What's the draw? 
Yeah. And what's interesting is I think that's a big criticism that a lot of people, especially our generation and older, (laughs) have about this idea of influencer. But they treat it like this is new. Like Mm -hmm. celebrity originally was just essentially being famous for being famous. Like in the modern sense, yes, now we attribute it primarily to actors and directors and singers and athletes. But I think in the original use of the word celebrity, it was just influencers who are wealthy within society kind of exerting their influence like celebrity and influence has always been very intertwined and so i see a lot of criticism these days that's like influencers aren't real celebrities but i'm like i know like they're kind of the definition of the word (laughs) celebrity yeah i i don't know it's it's a really interesting and different sort of platform and way to brand and market yourself and put whatever content you're creating out into the world. And sometimes it's like really apparent what that content is. Like, you know, you see this a lot on TikTok and YouTube specifically, and I think to a lesser degree, Instagram, but it's like, you know, these are, these are all book related. This is all food related. This is, you know, around some sort of field that this person is, if not an expert, highly engaged and interested in. But there are those those few and far between influencers who are just like there and beautiful and sharing something and Girl, have and this young. platform. And young. Yeah. And I think I think that's the thing. We I'm, we're creating this Venn diagram of why I think even celebrities are having some beef and some shade thrown at influencers. Because there's this young, this what do you do necessarily? And now I'm introducing most of them white. I would say top five, especially in the TikTok realm, are white. And the top four are female. And they are young. I, I, young I, white women. Yeah. And they, and on one hand, I want them like, get your coin. But the other hand, they're like, I said, there's that millennial, elder millennial that's like, get off my lawn. What are you actually doing? It's, it's weird. It's a weird conundrum that people are making serious money and admiration for what I cannot figure out. And because of that, we we touched on this slightly in the LeVar Burton episode talking about who we allow to be influencers and who we allow to have that power because who we let influence us says a lot about us. Mm. And when we have something like Instagram and uh, TikTok and YouTube, that's just global phenomenon that's just kind of sweep the world. It's so dangerous places are trying to ban it who we let be the top influencers reflects a lot of what it says about us and i don't know if i love what the top influencers say (laughs) says about us i don't don't, is that shady i don't think it's shady but i think it is very like get off my lawn (laughs) (laughs) it is a little get off my lawn isn't it yeah and and i think that is like another another thing about influence and social media is there are these top influencers who have this like incredible millions of people reach um but then there's there are like the nooks and crannies of all this Mm. social media right and i feel like perhaps us as women of color (laughs) tend to kind of put ourselves in these nooks a little bit more in terms of what influences us Mm -hmm. and 
I think in one way that's really cool. Like it's cool that that exists within the world. But I, I think it also has larger implications in our society and thinking about how we've talked about this before, how we exist in these echo chambers, right? And so I think when we're talking about the complexity and the diversity of our society, if we're all segmented out, even on social media, like there isn't going to be that overlap where we can influence larger society, right? Like as I follow a bunch of like mixed women of color, but like that doesn't mean to me they feel like influencers, they feel like pseudo celebrities. But if I asked a random friend of mine who isn't plugged into that world, they would have no idea who I'm talking about. Mm, And they might have thousands and thousands of followers, Mm -hmm. but like this person isn't going to know who they are. Exactly. And that's why that word influencer is so layered. Because I'm like, well, who gets to have that title? Who gets to hold this space within the social media world? And who gets to have, like you said, that reach? With that, it's it's very, very interesting. Of So what keeps us in these bubbles? Mm. What keeps us in these separate areas? Because as, as two people who really seek, we talk about at the end of our show a lot, we want people to share our content because we want it out there. And to be more specific, we want it to be in the hands of, of everybody. I think that's the thing. I think, of course, we, we we're talking directly to mixed people, mixed women of color. But as we said before, the only way we're going to continue and make real changes if we're getting co-conspirators, if we're gaining allies, if we're arming people with information and creating a safe place to share that and to heal, to share information, that's the way we make change. But like we said, but who gets that title of influencer and who gets to have that exposure? Who dictates that? You know, it's it's a twofold thing. It's people liking it, sharing it and demanding it. And then it's the social media platform itself, which is. Yes. Yeah. Algorithms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Here, I slid right into home plate right there. (laughs) Yeah. This whole algorithm thing, I think we've touched on it before. It's just so, so bizarre. And at the end of the day, these these social media platforms in one way feel like like this very liberating space where I can connect with anybody anywhere in the world, but that's not that's not the case, right? Like I uh-uh. am being fed a very specific feed that is based off of my interactions in the past and often my interactions on other apps or sites, which is crazy to Say me. It. it makes me feel so old and so disconnected <laughs> from reality. Um But yeah, so I think there is like the work that I do to seek out certain things, but there is the algorithm in which I'm existing. And I think Facebook has said about Instagram in the past is like, yes, if anyone, anyone can follow anyone and you will always see their content on your page, which one thing like they algorithm that too like you interact with people more and then people start to drop off of your feed we all know this we've all seen this but they claim that and then they say but like the search and the discover here like we want we feel a responsibility to uh curate it so that 
everyone is exposed to safe things, which what does that mean? What does the Mm. word safe mean in that context? And also thinking about who are the people who are on the back ends of these algorithms and what are they favoring and what are they not? Uh, There were some pretty famous... (laughs) famous cases that were pointed out of what we can term as shadow banning that happened Mm -hmm. last summer around Black Lives Matter and different hashtags being muted or different accounts being not displayed on certain hashtags. And there were like, like even as, as recently as this year, for instance, like, what was it mental health something about mental health was banned Uh because people they were like oh there's a lot of misinformation being spread around this issue but the hashtag kill black people was not banned so i think there are very specific choices being made and it is very much illustrating who are the people behind these and what are their concerns about what is and isn't important and what is and isn't inappropriate. Exactly. And just to take that little tiny step back in case we have some elder millennials, <laughs> this is for you. I'm just kidding. It's a shadow batting is when social media is going to go and kind of this abrupt stop of views and likes and kind of trafficking you on like that. You're for you or the discovering page and putting the information out there in the forefront. There's also suspension of account, deleting the account, and shadow banning. We kind of have these these three highways of ways where they can kind of um, control uh, content on these different platforms. And what we've seen in shadow banning has been, like you said, very controversial. So we've had the zero views of Black Lives Matter and Joy Floyd hashtag within the social media platforms. Uh, I know TikTok came hmm. out and said that it was a glitch. Hmm. We it was a glitch you, in the matrix. And that is why, and uh, we do. And they, I mean, I mean, it was a bullet point of how they're going to try to do better and engage. They're making basically office hours. I mean, it was beautifully put. I mean, honestly, all it was missing was like an American flag holding a, you know, olive branch, you know, just kind of wrapped around the beautiful mountains. It was, that's all that was missing of, of talking about how important <laughs> black creators are to the platform. But just this past summer, like what Danny said, what is, uh, Profiles being banned and deleted being flagged for potential hate speech using things like Black Lives Matter, pro-life, Black success, triggering that but things like white supremacy and neo-Nazi being able to fly right by. And that was just this past summer. And so I have to raise a little bit of of an eyebrow of, once again, who are you protecting Uh, and who are you suppressing? We, we talk about a lot, like, what are influencers even famous for? And like I said, we, especially within, like, the realm of TikTok, we've got your dancers. The dance thing is very big. We have your, your comedy. But once again, there is this amazing tool where people are putting amazing literature, information out there. That, Language learning. Exactly. So yeah. powerful. Such a powerful tool. TikTok has been so powerful for... For lots of things, but I feel like for the humanities in specific, like people sharing history, people sharing languages, people sharing books, people sharing like all sorts of very human humanity centered learning on TikTok, which is incredible and cool. And I love it. I'm not going to lie. I'm mostly there for the dance videos, (laughs) but, but I do love all the actual 
sharing of knowledge that takes place on it. Exactly. But with that, I've seen numerous uh, creators say up and been like, look, one day I had so many thousands of hundreds of likes and follows and shares. The next day I showed that I had zero. I think I've been shadow banned. I do not know why. And, you know, there's some people who go out there can be a little bit of a ploy. Not going to lie. I'm not mad at a hustle. But what we're seeing now is the copying and the procuring of people's content, not giving credit, not getting banned, not getting uh, deleted and profiting or getting prestige and getting influence off of the backs of content made by uh, creators of color. And that is nothing new, but still upsetting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a complicated issue this idea of shadow banning Uh right because it is as the name implies like also just so mysterious right like why it happens when it happens by its nature it is not an overt ban Mm. so you can you can be shadow banned and not know and you hear about it in all sorts of all sorts of communities, right? Like the right wing has taken this idea of shadow banning and claimed that they're shadow banned all the time and all these things, right? Um, You hear it from creators of color. You hear it a lot from um, sex workers in their platforms. So I think, I think it's, it's, it's a hard issue because it is not overt. There's like no proof about it. So it's, it's a hard thing to even talk about, Mm -hmm. but I think there is some intentional things being done by organizations and algorithms like these these tech companies who are running these social media platforms and their algorithms and how they do it. There's also the influence of people reporting content, which often leads to shadow banning. So people can report anything, yeah. right? And for you, any reason. For any reason. So sometimes these shadow bans are the result of specific targeting. But I think more often than not, there are certain things that seem to be protected mm. from being targeted. For example, the Black Lives Matter thing. So I think there was a point where Black Lives Matter hashtag was just like shut down because they deemed it, you know, too inappropriate. And then there was lots of white supremacist groups who are going and like just reporting anyone who's like hashtag racism Uh (laughs) just like reporting all of that and limiting that reach but you you didn't see and now i feel like i can't help like every time i talk about it i feel like i'm being an extremist but like you didn't see it on the other end no i feel you and hateful white supremacists things can exist on the internet and there's no no way to really report it like i would report things that were clearly like you know talking about lynching Mm -hmm. people like very like to me cut and dry things that are inappropriate and then i get the thing back that's like we've examined this and we've determined it doesn't go against our terms of services exactly Because Lady Freedom of Speech comes in and caresses over and waves her magic wand over it and deems it that, once again, another reason why social media in this context is so difficult to talk about is because we have the elephant in the room, which is freedom of speech. Yeah, but I mean, literally, you see like a woman of size 
post a, a photo of themselves Girl. and then that gets taken down for sexual content because of the amount of skin mm-hmm. that is being shown when it's one not even a sexual image mm-hmm. <laughs> like i don't know it's just it's a, it's a strange world we live we, in. we really do well it's that entertainment loop right like a very mm-hmm anthropological way of looking at it like so where does it actually begin so uh like so addison ray she's made like five million dollars off of tiktok and so obviously there's going to be more content like that people are making it so then these corporations who are has their their hand in the social media cookie jar are going to be like oh let's put more stuff like that let's push those algorithms and put more of that here which will happen to suppress other things because they want to have more space for this kind of content And then people, of course, because it's out there, they're watching it more, they're liking it more, they're sharing it more. And so who created who? We have this this constant loop. But once again, when you glamorize and love and put something else on a pedestal, you demonize something else of what this platform is for, what can it be used for. And it's... I I have had a very similar experience when I have reported things, and it is very discouraging because once again, we talked about these public spaces and how it was like, we're supposed to share all these public spaces and have this etiquette that's unknown, but yet still kind of there. But I feel like it's never working to protect me. And it's never there as a woman of color and a woman of size of color. It's never there to promote me. It's not there to protect me. Uh, there's a certain place that this uh, social media area is for, and it does not involve what I'm about. And that's and that's mm. that that's difficult. You know, we talk about representation matters, and it matters even more so on these platforms. And I and I don't know what that looks like going forward. We keep hearing about content creators of of color saying we're not getting as much views, uh, push, uh, favoritism, exposure as other creators, and it just seems like, like you said, like we're waving a sword at an invisible dragon because it's very hard to prove. Yeah, to that point, and this is going back to what we were talking about earlier with the algorithms, right? Like, we're all so siloed. So if you are a woman of color creating content and then you're being siloed down to, like, other women of color Mm -hmm. who have liked women of color content. And so, like, your reach is just, like, from the get-go being very siloed. So I think, yeah, the algorithms on one hand are are cool because it exposes you to things that you may already want to see, but they're also very, very limiting. It's a problem that we have encountered as a society for a long time in which the media is very limited in its its view. And I think social media is even mm. more limited in what you see online. I might go on a binge where I'm just like scrolling through needlepoints yeah. on Instagram, right? And then all of a sudden, my whole Discover page is just needlepoints. And like everything else that I've ever looked at doesn't matter. Girl. So girl i i think my mind has said it on the show but i like i broke my leg years ago and i was looking for exercises to help strengthen my ankle and of course you look up one exercise next thing i know my pinterest my instagram is all butts it is all booty y'all sounds hot (laughs) i'm never mad at a plump peach but you know what there is something called saturation and it was just like no face just that whole like cute like little bend of the plump cheeks in there get a tighter firmer higher butt and i'm just like that's 
we've missed the mark somewhere and I'm getting my fill. It's flattening who we yeah. are as, as people, right? Like in a flattening what our interests are. Exactly. Like most people are a little bit more diverse than just butts. I'm, I mean, I don't I don't think present company is included in that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I have heard some other people have other interests. <laughs> but the reason why I even want to talk about it is because we're, we're very much a cog in the machine, a very tiny, small cog in the machine of social media. And we are so far away from influencers, but it's just one of those things of what, what strikes and what doesn't. And does it, I almost feel like, do we have any control really of our actual reach? And, mm. and it's like, and, and what is the future for people of color influencers, for queer influencers, for disabled influencers, for influencers of size? Like, how, w- what is next for us when we have these systems that seem invisible, that seem to have their hand in the pot, uh, controlling us like marionettes, but we can't quite reach it to change it? I don't know. There was a strike. On TikTok uh, a little while ago, I think the beginning of the summer, and this is when TikTok reached out, uh, wrote a letter saying we're going to do better. You know, we 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 value you, we want you, but I just don't know how effective those are really, because because of reaches so far, and there's so many people, you'd have to have such a massive participation in that to I feel to actually make and kind of demand real change. I'm not a huge TikTok user. This is the first I'm hearing about yeah, it, <laughs> about this strike. Yeah, so I exactly. mean, like, how effective is that if I have an account and I've never, I've never even heard about yeah. this? And it's, certainly, I don't have my finger on the pulse. Mm-hmm. But it just goes to show, like, these things have become so ubiquitous and part of the everyday experience for so many people, and they're just so large that you can have a whole corner of TikTok having a strike and people don't know exactly so i don't normally we always try to have like some helpful tips or here's a i'll point you in the direction of places of positive change for this monster this hydra i have i feel quite lost especially like we said before i don't think i can wield it well I really, really don't. And I, I don't know if it's my lack of an ability, my age, <laughs> or once again, because I'm never going to get to that status of exposure to where I can feel like I can actually make change or call to make change in that way. Girl, I don't know. Yeah. With social media, it just, it feels like it's a, it's a full-time job, right? If you want to wield any sort of influence and to be an influencer. And so... If we're if we're taking that as an idea too, then who has the space and the capability to make that a full time job, and thus who who continue to be the influencers? Like we are content creators, we've never been great at social media, <laughs> guilty, and we don't put that much effort into it, to be honest. But I think as as creators, I don't think we spend enough time thinking about how to broaden our influence. Like no. we we focus on making the content Thank and putting you. it out there and just hoping it it stumbles into the the laps of the people who who could use it or who would want to engage with it. So I think I think that's that's something to think about about the world and about if you want to create content, if you want to reach an audience, knowing that you have to take those extra steps to actually put it into the hands of an audience, and then knowing if you exist outside of the 
the socially acceptable sphere of what social media and content should be, then your work is going to be just like anything else. You have more obstacles to overcome in order to to get your work Mm. out there into the world. And so I think that is why we deem this an important enough topic to talk about on the show, because just like everything else, we're seeing women of color, mixed women, we have extra steps to get there to use a platform to change a dialogue, to include ourselves in a conversation. Mm. Yeah, you know, that's it. That's the whole thing. We can stop the episode there. That's perfect. Honestly, <laughs> you, you said it correctly. Because there are moments where I'm like, I am fully aware we are not engaged in social media enough for our content. I'm also fully aware we have full-time gigs. And we also have another gig on top of the full-time gig. <laughs> and you're right. It's all consuming. I, I mean, a friend of mine who's in the music biz, they talked about they need to be engaging a couple of hours a day for them to be yes. able to have that. And I'm like, I cannot. And, and that's making that that conscious choice. Like you said, so am I going to sacrifice that time on top of algorithms, on top of shadow ban, on top of possibly being uh, reported for hate speech because of the type of work that we particularly do? Oh, yeah. yeah. And then not to mention just the fact of like existing mm-hmm. in this realm online being the people we are like full transparency like we've had threats of violence (laughs) against us for the content that we put out and i don't feel like we are particularly controversial like i mean we we cover hard topics and we've said that before but like we aren't stirring the pot necessarily and we and we have threats made against us and so i think like as you increase your visibility you get more and more of those especially people of color, especially women. So it, it, it has to be that. So it's what what an interesting, odd beast. And I think we're, I don't know where it's going to happen, what, where it's going to go next. I think that's the part that mystifies me and not concern, but I'm curious of how, what's going to evolve. Because when we had Instagram, I'm like, what's next after this? Photo albums have come to life. You know, it's, I couldn't... <laughs> Oh, Mika. (laughs) But do you know what I mean? When Instagram came out, it was like, oh, it was almost a relief from Facebook because it had gotten so intense and it got so opinionated. And everyone's grandmas were commenting on like their old song lyrics and been like, I don't understand. You know, and so Instagram kind of became this oasis and safe place. And and YouTube was a massive hit in the underground and then exploded. And we're just keep seeing these levels of evolution within the social media. And now I see something like the new kid on the block, TikTok, come out swinging with heavy money swinging with lots of swag and influence but at the same time the same old stuff of who's profiting who's making the money who gets the big circle of influence over and over again and it's just i don't know what's next but i have an idea of what it's probably going to look like (laughs) yeah yeah any last thoughts or shall we shall we shift gears? I you know, I I love what I love what you said. If you want to do the influencing thing, you have to weigh those things, especially if you are queer of size, of color, a woman. I think social media can be something that could be really wheeled for good. 
I really do. Yeah. And I want more people out yeah. there who want to will. I mean, I love a dance. Please make more, more, more thought shit songs out there. <laughs> like, like we need more of those, really. But, you know, we, we do that because we need those joys. And, and, and But the amount of knowledge that's simply out there, but you have to understand what you're up against. Like many other facets in the world, but we're rooting for you. Maybe we'll root for ourselves a little bit more, but we're rooting for you to do that. <laughs> I think carving out these corners, well, I do see how it's problematic in a way and is limiting influence in larger society. I think it can also be very cathartic and a very welcoming, great place to exist. I think we see Black Twitter. We see like all these different little corners and just like the internet of yore, <laughs> like finding those places where you can connect with like-minded people, yeah. especially if you're in a situation where you live somewhere where you are not... Mm in easy access with people who, you know, other queer people, other people of color, other, you know, like things that are big parts of our identity and are outside of what is the mainstream. Like being able to connect with people who are like you and can really see you is important. So so I'm not saying like get rid of all these <laughs> specialized areas, get rid of hashtags. Like that is not what I'm saying. But I, I think I do continue to dream and hold on to this idea that like, yes, like we have our corners, but like we can also reach out and like have representation mm. out there in the world. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, someone's going to just stumble upon this and all of a sudden, like, mm -hmm. the queer experience seems normal to them. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't and know. Had, There's beautiful dreams. Yeah, you had me humming over here, just like, yes. Mm. It was, it took me to a little tiny mini church and I was here for yeah. it. Uh, but, you know, we, uh, girls, girls can dream, right? Yeah. These girls can dream. <laughs> all right well on that that happy note shall we delve more into what's making us specifically happy this week Tamika? Oh, oh yes girl What is making you happy, Tamika? I'm going to be a basic Betty today and say rainy days because it has yes. finally flipping rained in the Pacific Northwest. Y'all. <laughs> the land of rain. Yeah. Finally, rain. Climate change. Climate. We we say it. We talk about it so much. I just think we need to have a a sound bite for climate change. Mm. Like, I can't decide if it just needs to sound like a oh, like Goofy falling off a ledge. Like, ah, like I don't know, but it needs to be uh, because climate change is real, and it's been like the hottest summer on record here, like hundred thirteen and hundred and seven three months with like no rain. We have like a couple of days in a row starting today of some rain. And let me tell you, girl, that rain is ashy. <laughs> Everything 
was so dry and dirty and crispy that that rain, we just need a deep condition, basically. We need a deep condition. You need to wear a bonnet. You're going to need to wear that to bed and you need to rinse it out in the morning. Everything is so dry. It needs a deep condition of some rain. But I, I love it. I'm a rain girl, even though technically from the desert, I grew up overseas and then now I'm in the Pacific North. I'm a rain girl. I need it. It just, oh, it just sets a tone and a mood and I'm here for it. Yeah, there's nothing quite like a rainy day. And I don't know if I feel that way specifically because I'm from the desert, but uh, the smell, <sighs> the sound, the like cozy vibes. Mm-hmm. I uh, I love a rainy day. I love it. And I think because from the desert, you know, spending so much time, you appreciate it so much. I can, yeah. I really, really do. I, I've lived in places where people are like, ugh, again, I'm like, no. You don't understand. You don't know the joy of a rainstorm until you are in a classroom in the Mm. desert. And as soon as the rain starts, nothing is happening in that classroom. All the kids are rushing to the windows or to the door to just stare longingly at the rain. You are so, that actually, just that image made me like really, oh, that like filled my heart. I love the, even the teachers, same thing. They knew, they knew nothing was going to happen that that day we were just gonna sit and just be so thankful for the rain but oh that i'm sorry that actually like actually really got to me oh i hate getting old everything gets to you uh what about you danny quickly (laughs) (laughs) quickly change the subject i'm gonna go with my creepy ring (gasps) oh so i my husband got me for my birthday this this ring from an artist i've been coveting their work for a long time and they make jewelry out of old prosthetic eyeballs i live so um it doesn't it doesn't quite photograph as nicely as it looks in real life because it looks hyper realistic like i just have an eyeball on my finger and i'm here for it and even you know, I've had it for a month now, and every time my husband sees it, he's like, oh, that's so creepy. <laughs> and it just, it still brings me joy. It is so cute, everyone. It's like, so it's like this beautiful silver inlay, and it has the beautiful shape of an eye, and inside this gorgeous hazel. It's like, is it hazel? Yeah. It's beautiful yeah, it's hazel. hazel and you're right. It's, there's no, it's an eyeball, y'all. And it's so cute because D- Danny is, she's a petite human being. So she's got these beautiful, longer, thinner fingers, and then this eyeball sitting <laughs> on her hand, just so ever poised. And it's, be- uh, it's so cute. I'm here for it. Yeah. No, it's, it's great. And I, my husband had me pick it out, even though he bought it for me for my birthday because he wanted to be sure I got, got the right one. Mm. And uh, of course, wanted a brown eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I was like, oh, maybe I try to find one that looks like my eye. But my eyes are so dark that I'm like, it loses some of the cool detail. Mm. So I did go with like a, a lighter hazel. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful, beautiful. Oh, I love it. Go get some homemade jewelry by artists and go walk in the rain. Yes. Yes. And, and preferably something with like a little bit of a creepy vibe mm-hmm. as we inch our way towards Halloween. I was trying not to like, I'm trying to save all my like Halloween-y, spooky, happy places for, you know, later. Yeah. But, well, yeah, we're yeah. just inching yeah. that way. I got like my little, my little mug. Oh, I love it. It's a it's a black mug with like a raised skeleton hand mm-hmm. on so it. So just like... It's- 
slowly but surely like get your stuff out <laughs> yeah maybe maybe i mean it's just my everyday mug but it's two black cats it's super cute Let's... i like that mug i love that mug all right y'all those are the things we hope that you're finding ways to bring yourself joy um, if you have things that you would like us to talk about on the show or if you have questions or comments please hit us up you can reach us via email biracialunicorns at gmail.com you can also find us on the lovely <laughs> social media we are on Facebook and Instagram at biracialunicorns and we are on Twitter at biracialmagic we do not exist on the TikTok, but if you have strong feelings about why or why not we should, let us know. You can reach out to us one of those other ways. Who knows? Maybe a TikTok is uh, in the future for us. I, I can't. And if you want to make those TikToks, <laughs> you can hit us up too. Uh, if you have a Gen Zs that are really hip, they can help us out. You can stay on my lawn. And the I we can't pay you. Yeah, exactly. No, no. That's what I'm saying. I can pay you one of them pudding pops. I don't know. What's the currency of millennials? But the irony is not lost on us on any of this. But regardless, we want to thank our amazing help and support and those who have made the show what it is. That includes Dolly Pop Art who's made our very iconic unicorn photo, please go follow her stuff. She's on Instagram. Buy her stuff. Love her stuff. We also want to thank Joseph Scott of Citizens of Tape City, who's done our wonderful intro outro music. They have new stuff dropping in the fall. Go check it out. Be obsessed. We also want to thank So Smith Photography for doing some lovely in-person photos of us. Please, she's a So Smith Photography on Instagram, and she'll be having all her holiday sets coming out here pretty soon. So if you're in the area... Look up a girl. And if you could be so kind, feed the algorithm dragon and please give us a review and rate us really high. Once again, this just helps get us into those hands of people that we really want to join us in the community. We want to encourage and also to inform. Yeah. I mean, also just tell your friends. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you enjoyed the podcast, let your friends know. Word of mouth is really our, Bread and butter. our biggest <laughs> means of, of spreading uh, because we, as we mentioned, are bad with the algorithm dragon. So, and that's the name of it now, forever and always. But yeah. Oh, and if you have cute mugs, I would love to see pictures of cute <gasps> mugs. Yeah. Um, specifically Halloween mm -hmm. themed. Yes. For the moment. Yeah, Mugcast starting now. Yes. All right, y'all. We will be back next week with a mini-sode mm -hmm. and in two weeks with another full episode. Mm -hmm. All right. Peace. Out.